this first podcast from Combined Healthcare. This is the first in a series of episodes through our new Combinations podcast, which we're introducing to give an opportunity to have a more in-depth chat about some of the things that we do and the people that we work with. We've chosen for the first topic something that is dear to our heart and one of our key services, and that is CAMS. And uh, I'd just like to introduce everybody around the table to introduce yourselves and what you do. I'm Julia Ford and I'm the CAMS in Schools lead. Uh, I'm Ann Cox, I'm the nurse consultant for CAMS and the clinical lead for CAMS for Stoke-on-Trent and North Staffordshire. I'm Sam Autram, I'm the associate director of North Staffordshire with a responsibility for CAMS. I'm Larry Thorburn, um, I'm the lead teacher for secondary school children in uh, a local specialist school. I'm Ruth Fishwick, I'm a clinical psychologist working in paediatric psychology. And I'm Dave Hewitt, I'm the Chief Information Officer at the Trust. Right, thanks very much. Okay, so um, now, really obvious question to ask, uh, uh, to ask starting off, CAMS. What exactly is CAMS? What does it do? Who does it help? How does it work? Well, I guess CAMS, is, CAMS stands for Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services. So we are mostly based at what we would currently call tier three specialist cams um, which means that we work with children and young people and families um, that have significant and enduring mental health difficulties we although that's our umbrella kind of business we also have a number of other teams that support um, working with children and young people so we have our paediatric psychology colleagues we have um, a ASD team, so Autistic Spectrum Disorder team. We've also got a looked after child team. Um, we also have eating disorders as well in there. We have a specialist eating disorder, so community cam services, and then the we also have the hub, which is our point of access service. We also work very closely with some of our tier two services, so like Changes and Younger Minds. What is the range of ages that, that for children and young people that you can deal with? Well, certainly in paediatrics, because we're a specialist service and we only work with children with a physical health service, we support families where um, children are newborns. So we go right up to 18. So we skew it slightly in comparison to the core CAM services um, because we recognise that those families need to um, have support around dealing with diagnosis um, at the point of getting that diagnosis and then support moving on which will become support for the child as they go through those developmental milestones and different transition points as well. Um, but for core CAMs, um, Julia, what, what's the lowest age that we'd think about with core CAMs? We are technically not to 18, mm. however, it probably is around six years of age mm. and the majority of the probably younger ends. Mm. Um, also, not to forget our other services, so we've also got our specialist inpatient unit at the Darwin which looks for kind of teenagers really so I think that's commissioned from 13 to 18 and also our CAMS LD service as well mm -hmm. um, yeah. so learning disability service that we and I think they work with with um, younger children as well. Okay so if they were looking literally at, at all ages from almost newborn to, to, to adulthood what would be some examples of the of the common sort of services, if you like, that you provide and support? I think it would probably be helpful to not think about it in, in medical terms, really, and just think about that actually we help young people that have difficulty potentially with their behaviours or their emotions or their 
um, their thoughts potentially, if they're struggling about keeping themselves safe because of difficulties that are going on, if they've got difficulties at home or in the school or with their physical health. So it could be an adjustment reaction. So yeah. we've, we've talked earlier this morning about the impact of bullying, but also the impact of managing a physical health condition when you get that new diagnosis. So um, that can bring a lot of other symptoms that we all experience that can be exaggerated for those young people. And I think similarly in the Looney Disability Children's team, it's helping families to adjust to that lifelong condition, understanding what that's about, the understanding the level of ability, and also supporting families depending on what age they were um, referred into of their developmental age against their chronological age and some of the challenges that come with that. And I think we do have a very kind of um, a philosophy around engaging with the family and people that are, are supportive of that young person. Um, you know, we try to work from a strengths-based model to look at how young people can use skills that they've already got but transfer them into into other areas and, um, you know, really trying to empower that young person really to manage their own difficulties. Okay, now what's the, uh, what's the benefits there and uh, what do you think works best in terms of um, CAMS and, and the education sector locally working together? Uh, so CAMS have always been involved um, outside of school with, with the pupils that have needed it. Um, but I know the, the other special schools in, in the city have all got access to CAMS within school, um, within part of the school day. So within my own school, um, last year we trialled just having a, a disability nurse in, in the mornings. Um, we've extended that into this year for, for a longer period. Um, so she comes into school, helps with um, talking to pupils that have been referred to her and also dealing with teachers. We also get to buy into um, the Stop Think Do system, um, which is now being in, it's rolled, rolled out, out yeah, to across our, our more sort of able pupils. Um, so there's also training that we, we um, collaborate on as well. Okay, and, and, and how, how do you find the interface between, you know, there's, there's two sort of professional sectors, if you like, the sort of education sector and the, the health sector. Do you find they, they work well together or are, are there challenges in terms of understanding each other's perspectives or I think professions? Having, having someone based in school has been really useful to have a face, whereas before we were kind of getting information, asked to give information, maybe through emails and letters, when it, as and when it was required, whereas having somebody that we can speak to face-to-face -face in school and having Julia as a contact means that we've always got somebody that we know we can go to and approach, which has worked really well. Which brings us on, Julia, to, to the, the CAMS in Schools model. Now, there's a number of innovations that, that, that we're, we're doing locally, you know, um, education and health working together in, in North Staffordshire and Stoke-on-Trent. But one of the things that I think is, is, uh, has been running for a while now is, is a particularly innovative CAMS in Schools model. I wonder if you'd like to, to explain a little bit about what that is and how it works and, and the benefit and where it came from and all that. Okay, so um, the CAMS in Schools model has been about in the special schools for about 14 years now and actually started in this school when it was on another site and um, they commissioned the service in so it's additionality to the existing services that they can get. We educate the staff, uh, we're changing culture, it's understanding mental health and well-being, it's being able to skill the staff up in managing certain um, situations and difficulties, understanding their, their levels of um, need and also 
working very collaboratively with parents and carers. So that's been really interesting in a way, developing health and education alongside each other, uh, kind of bringing those um, relationships together has been really paramount into where we are today. What would you say would be the thing you're proudest of? We've got mindfulness in schools that has been delivered across all the schools. So we were able to get 30 staff last year trained in the MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction, and um, that enables then to embed mental health and wellbeing across the schools and a mindfulness philosophy within the schools. So there's a current course going on at the moment. This school in particular has developed a mindfulness strategy for their school. Portland, one of the schools that were here this morning, they do mindfulness throughout the day, throughout the start of the day and the finish of the day. So yeah, it's really good. The Stop Think Do, we've got going on both at Kemble, Abiel, huge amounts of uh, children and young people where we're training the staff to deliver the programme, the mental health and wellbeing programme. So they're looking at giving children and young people the skills to be able to recognise um, their emotions, be able to label those emotions and think through their choices um, and also the very live example so even if they make the wrong choice they're able to reflect on that so we've done all kinds of stuff restoration reparation um, being able to reflect on some difficult choices that they might have made the day before so yeah very much of that kind of culture we're developing yeah, so. what, yeah. That, what that does then joe is actually enables us to work in a in a much more collaborative robust way as a preventer so mm -hmm. it's more of a preventative model which you know supports some of our young people not getting um, embedded into long-term mental health I think there's, there's also something as well because I had the, the privilege to work as part of the CAMS in Schools um, service nine years ago with Julia um, and it's about developing that psychological mindedness of the staff that support the young people in school um, so that they can have that consultation with the staff from combined healthcare and start to learn different things and different um, signs and symptoms that they might need to pick up on a little bit quicker maybe um, and then know what to do with it and they can then start to generalise that out to the wider audience and make changes in very small ways that have really big effects. And I think by training the trainer as well, what you've done is enabled that school now to be able to go on and continue to embed mindfulness without the use of cams in schools because we've trained the trainer. So it's helping empower the schools yeah. and, and providing a sustainable model. Yeah. I think you've mentioned talking with talking about working with specific children, but as an approach, we sort of think that well, we're talking about all the pupils we teach rather than targeting anyone specific because especially in these day and age that. A lot of them, if not all, have some kind of mental health turmoil, at least, that are going on in their lives that we need to see it across the board rather than thinking about specific pupils that need interventions. It's kind of just taught as part of everybody's curriculum and having the training and things like that from staff, knowing, getting to know people that they can go to for help. Is, is Really and I think there's something about health promotion has always been about promoting good physical health, mm. but we don't really talk about promoting good mental health, and I think that's the big shift that's that yeah, is, is happening by year. things like CAMS in schools and the approach that we're taking in CAMS as well. Um, it's about that resilience and looking after yourself and realising what resources you've already got. Because um, everybody needs that. Everyone needs that bank that they can access, yeah. whether they're going on to have more serious problems or issues yeah. in the future. All of us need to have mental health, good mental health, or recognise our mental health and know how to 
to deal with that. Yeah. And I like to talk about it with young people in, in a narrative sense. So you, you, we're all carrying a rucksack um, and we're all putting rocks, boulders, pebbles, stones in that rucksack. And eventually your straps are going to start to break if you don't bolster up those straps. So how can you bolster up those straps? How can you take some of those stones and pebbles out? So it's about looking after yourself and increasing that resilience. And I think to add to that, um, we uh, launched a mental health and wellbeing strategy across the school. So they were really instrumental in um, developing mental health and wellbeing in schools policy, which covers the whole school community and um, also looking at staff wellbeing as well. So that's been really exciting. Um, and again, I think that's, that launches us into probably where we've come with the bigger thing. Obviously, we're sitting here in the NHS in the immediate aftermath of the publication of the NHS long-term plan. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the big themes in that, as we all know, was, was, was about a much greater emphasis um, on, on, on mental health and, and mental health services. And um, one of the um, strands of that are particularly identifying um, CAMS, national CAMS trailblazers. We've been delighted to be selected as one of the national CAMS trailblazers as well. Would, would you like to tell us a little bit about what, what that's about and, 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 and uh, uh, what we hope to deliver? So the National CAMS Trailblazer is um, twofold really. The first being that we um, are to develop four new mental health support teams over Stoke-on-Trent and North Staffordshire and um, these will include a number of trainees in each of the team that will be education mental health practitioners um, and they will also be supported by more senior clinicians. Each mental health support team will um, look after approximately 20 schools and the idea will be that these mental health support teams have a core offer that they will deliver throughout those schools to help support um, earlier access and more timely intervention to children and young people uh, in the hope that if you access them earlier then you'll have less need for longer term treatment but this will not just be targeted at the children and young people it will also be targeted at the parents and also the education professionals that are working within the schools and I should just point out that it, although it might not be a, a mainstream school it could be a special school but we're also looking at the pupil referral units and and other educational establishments that might not be in your mainstream sector of, of education. So that's the first element of it. The second element is that we've been tasked to um, fulfil a four-week referral to treatment target throughout Stoke-on-Trent and North Staffordshire. So we've had um, some funds made available to us to try and implement that across the whole geography of Stoke-on-Trent and North Staffordshire. Um, and we're going to do that for a number of uh, routes really of having more accessible um, evidence-based therapists available but also we're going to redesign the way that we work in terms of our point of access to ensure that that is going to happen um, and this will be alongside our other innovation which will be our digital exemplar. Which of course brings us on to Dave who's been sitting quietly there in the corner. Dave is the um, Chief Information Officer, and yep. and, and the uh, <coughs> so we're we're here in the school, and we we've been having young people here helping us with a particular um, another national exemplar um, program we're working on, uh, the digital exemplar. Uh, I'd like to explain a little bit about what that's about and what we're hoping to do. Yeah, uh, the digital exemplar was a national program that 
NHS Digital launched about 12 months ago, which the Web Trust was able to bid to take forward an innovative digital solution which would help us develop our, stu uh, develop our service user engagement. Uh, we did a, quite a bit of work looking across the trust and one of the key areas that we identified where we could get the greatest benefit was working with uh, the CAM service. The, the approach we've taken is to look at really the entire pathway through, so providing information very early on to support children, young people, parents, professionals, teachers to move forward, signposting them to other services that are available so that could be working with some third sector partners, different community groups where we could do that and then dealing with that process where we would maybe have to refer people into our internal services and then a key element of that is how do we deliver treatment to that young person as soon as possible. So looking around the concept of social prescribing, the prescribing of uh, applications and tools to support very early on in that process and to provide more information into the treatment phase to support clinicians to have a much greater engagement with the young person and then to support that person when they leave services to give them tools to self-manage any condition they've got to support their resilience. If there's an idea that actually this portal will give you access and if you're not sure of the answer we can help you find an answer um, and um, to, to support them to help themselves, help each other, help parents help themselves, professionals to help that young person as well. I think it's a really exciting venture and Right, so so it seems we're sitting here, um, you know, in in, uh, in North Staffordshire and Stoke and Trent. We've got more money coming in. We've got extra staff coming in. We've got a, mod a, a model working with schools. We've got new developments in digital. I mean, it feels like there's quite a lot going on in 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 this patch of the world. For me, on a much wider scale and en encompassing all of it, Trailblazer, Cam's transformation, digital exemplar working closely with the communities it's about developing a resilient culture it's about looking at how we can start being recovery focused right from the start looking at self-management and owning you know some of the difficulties that we've got rather than at the moment it feels like a very much a fix-it model mm -hmm. um, and then nobody kind of owns that it's everybody's business and I think one of the bigger key messages that's coming out at the moment you know is that mental health and well-being is everybody's business and um, that's really quite exciting. And I think it is around that validation and normalisation that we all have mental health as much as we all have physical health. We all have bad days, we all have good days and actually that's part of living but, but we need to have mental health on the table alongside physical health and actually we all need to work with it together. And, you know, I think for, for our CAM series we have such an opportunity because not only have we got Trailblazer and Digital Exemplar that sets us apart in our nationally to other CAM services so it really is a, a, a huge opportunity and a very exciting time. Cool. Thanks very much. So uh, I guess the message is lots to do, yeah. lots going on, really exciting uh, place to be in the NHS at the moment. And um, obviously if anybody wants to find out any more about um, any of our CAM services and what we do, they can visit the website www.combined.nhs.uk um, and um, there will also, when the digital exemplar is, uh, is, is up and running, there'll be links to it um, from there. Okay, so th thanks ever so much for... Uh, taking part in this podcast. Really appreciate it.